0: Welcome to the one-year anniversary edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey, and yes, it was April the 12th, one year ago, 2020, when the first episode of Len's Burning Bush, Eastover, was born. Thank you to everyone that has put up with me for this long, and to all the new people as well. Thank you for listening near and far and across on the globe. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure bringing you this content every week And I will continue to keep doing it at least one episode every week. So um, that is a a fact. I'm going to just try to keep doing it. So if you like it, keep liking it. If you don't like it, well, I can't help you there. But before I bring on my guests for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So a few weeks ago, Mike Dardis from WLWT was on. And we talked a little bit about things that kind of irritate in terms of driving, right? We discussed a few driving things like the fact that people don't use their blinker or they camp out in the left lane and they don't move over, right? But now I want to give you another one. Get off my butt. Yes, what is wrong with people when they drive? What is your hurry to go nowhere fast? So I bring this up because I was driving the other day in rush hour traffic, the old bumper-to-bumper type, right, where you move up a bit, you brake, and then you brake again. And I could see the person behind me that seems to be creeping up each time do they not see that I've got a ton of cars in front of me do they not see this I guess not maybe maybe I'm just overreacting but at one point the people in the front stopped short in a little bit so of course I had to and all I can do is is watch in the background uh, in my rear view mirror the person from behind me and you know all I was waiting for was for him to hit me and I was like you know this is ridiculous that he was this close now luckily He didn't hit me. And then a minute later, he sped up to the right and decided to rush behind, to get behind another car that was in another lane. So again, he can stop and wait there. So I just don't understand this. I mean, as I passed him, of course, I gave him the universal signal, which I'm not proud of. But of course, these are what irritates me and why people can't just relax when they're driving. So I, I just don't understand why people do what they do when they drive. What's the hurry? And I was taught when I got my license to be a car length for every 10 miles an hour that you went. So 60 miles an hour, you were supposed to be six car lengths behind. Not sure why people need to tailgate. It is really annoying. Can't we try to social distance on the road as well? Give me some space. If you're late for work, again, your problem, not my fault. Leave earlier, right? Everybody always makes an excuse, well, there was too much traffic. Well, if you left earlier you would have made it to work on time. Why does the commute need to be so stressful? Also, I remember someone telling me this, and it's kind of a wise person that once said, let's not meet by accident, right? That's a perfect analogy there. So slow down, get off my butt. That's all I have to say today. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. He is the author of the book, Power Achieving to help people turn potential into reality. He has been involved and launched several national product and businesses he's got accomplished in sports and the entertainment world. He has managed celebrities in the NFL, UFC, and NASCAR. Let's welcome, I guess, the legendary J.T. Stewart to Len's Burning Bush. J.T., good morning, and how are you today? Good morning, Len. I don't
1: know about legendary, but hey, we're all legends in our own minds
0: absolutely it is it is uh um, interesting you know you you've got books and we want to talk about that but what are your thoughts about people the way they drive i just i can't stand it anymore they're so it's like everybody thinks they're in um their own little world and you know we're along for their ride
1: okay well, let me let me tell you i'm i'm from cincinnati but i'm in nashville um uh, down here a lot live have a place down here to live um uh, Nashville has the absolute worst drivers in the world. You think Cincinnati's bad? Cincinnati couldn't hold a candle to these knuckleheads in Nashville. (laughs) They're terrible. I I just don't understand. I'm driving. I mean, we're
0: in bumper-to-bumper traffic, and this guy is right up my bumper. It's like, can I open up the trunk for you, sir? Because that's how close he was. <laughs> and, you know, I always remember when they teach you how to drive also, they, you know, they say you're supposed to see when somebody breaks, you're supposed to see the tires. And whatever. You cu- I couldn't even see the headlights. That's how close he was. And I just don't, don't understand what the value is. I know he was in a hurry because he moved over to the right and had to get in the next lane and go through there. And I talked about giving the universal signal to someone who deserves that kind of that's for that. the number
1: your number one signal
0: number one signal exactly the
1: best driver in the world the
0: best driver in the world who is just a jerk right just a did jerk did you
1: ever notice though Lynn, did you ever notice when you are in a hurry and you switch lanes that lane stops and the other lane goes yeah i it's just universal it's so don't get in the lane because it's going to stop
0: yeah, I, and I always remember that at the toll booth, too. I always took the wrong toll booth lane in New York. You know, I always go down the one that doesn't move. Every other one moves, but my, my lane. But,
1: well, that way you don't have to give your money away so fast.
0: Exactly, exactly. That, that's it. But driving in general, I just think people are very disrespectful, and they, you know, they're in a hurry. And I always mention, you know, people are always running late, and I understand that, but don't make that my problem, Right. I, yeah, left, I, mean, I, I gave enough time, I left enough time, and I'm sitting in the same traffic as you, so what makes you think that you're any better than me?
1: Yeah, and get off my bumper, and yeah. uh, please don't hit me, uh, because I'm going to have whiplash, I'm going to have assorted other things, and your insurance company's going to end up paying a gazillion dollars. Exactly. But really, really, to your point, what is the point of going, you know, trying to, where are going to get there, you know, about 10 seconds faster? Exactly, and you're already late at
0: this point. You're probably late, and, and it really doesn't matter. You can add on to the lateness, but I just don't get it. Uh, but people do that, and they just – and the other thing I don't like is, you know, I, I you know we talked about don't camp out in the left lane, and sometimes I'll ride in the left lane, in particular um, 275 when you've got to go in the left lane by 471. I, I try to get off the exit so I'm, you know, in the left lane. But I, I might be doing 75, 80 miles an hour, and there's still somebody – I, in my rear view mirror, almost near my bumper at that speed. And again, I understand you want to go, but I can only go so fast because otherwise I'm going to get pulled over and I don't want to get pulled over.
1: No, in fact, I'll move over, let you in front, and then I'll follow you and get on your bumper.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the truth, right? We could always do that. But anyway, that's the driving stuff. I There's a lot of things that irritate me. And of course, that's why I've got 52 episodes of Len Burning Bush before this um, (laughs) because there's so many things that irritate me. But speaking uh, of non-irritants, let's talk a little bit about you and talk about about your your book, Power Achieving. I I like this because turning potential into reality is is really something that a lot of people struggle with. I I think that there's people out there that have so much potential, but they just kind of don't do anything about it. So discuss that and how the book has helped people.
1: Well, I think that uh, I wrote this book, oh gosh, a long long time ago, and I just had it inside of me, and I had to get it out. It took about three months, and I really had no idea. I never wrote a book, couldn't hardly type. I was like typing like, uh, where is the J? Uh, <laughs> it was terrible, uh, but I wrote the book, and ironically, uh, somehow, I got picked up, and somehow, I got distributed, and I have... I was actually, I'm here in Nashville, so I was two exits down where I had done a book signing at Barnes & Noble back about 20 years ago. And it was kind of ironic. It's kind of weird. But the reason I wrote the book is because people look at things in a skewed, like driving, look at things in a skewed uh, way. And we end up being so negative that we don't accomplish what we're set out to do. I mean, the reality is, I mean, man, I have done everything in, in the sports entertainment world. I've worked with some of the biggest athletes in the world, and they're all focused. Every single one of them are focused. Uh, not focused on different things, but they're focused. And I take power achieving, and there are different powers in our life. they are just natural powers. You know, the power of a vision. Because if you're going to do anything, you need to have a vision. You need to see it. We don't just zippity, zappity, zippity do through life, and, and it goes all great. So we have to have a vision. Then we have to have a, a way to make that vision a reality. You know, So it all comes down to work. You know, vision creates passion. When you're passionate about something, you'll get up in the morning a little earlier and stay up a little later. So vision creates passion. Passion creates drive. You become driven. You're driven to achieve what you're passionate about. So when your vision creates passion, passion creates drive, drive co- creates discipline. So you become disciplined to do what you've got to do and not take off and go play golf or, you know, lay around watch TV and eat Cheetos all day. So And then when all that is, that process is complete, you get results. And that's what you're really after. You're after results. So, you know, vision creates passion, passion creates drive, drive creates, uh, work and then work creates results. You know, the bottom line is we all have something we want to do. We all have a a dream and, and dreams and visions are different. Think, think this through. If you have a vision, it's, it's in color. You have a plan. You have a, a way to go. If you have a dream, it's like, well, someday I want to be rich. If you have a vision, you have someday I want to be rich and here's how I'm going to do it. So it's all about action. And, you know, a vision without without action is just a dream. Kind
0: of like a blueprint for an architect, right? You have to have that blueprint. Sure. And, and I, you know, it's the same for me. Uh, with the podcast I had talked about maybe wanting to do this years ago and I never acted on it and a lot of things I've, I've had ideas about and I've never really acted on this was the first thing I kind of said you know I really want to do this and I just did it and, and look a year later we're still we're still doing it and you're right it is something I look forward to every week it is it has definitely got me through this whole pandemic right. Yeah, because it's just something, you know, doing interviews like this on a weekly basis really help my uh, just self-esteem and everything else and and listening to other people on their their stories. So, again, back to your point, if you do like I had a vision for this, I knew I wanted to do it, but I had to go, you know, get a podcast kit and I had to get a microphone and and, and really just go ahead and do it. Right. Yeah.
1: it took action. Yeah. You you had to actually do it. You know, people, I call them yabba-dabba-doers. They just yabba-dabba-do. Well, someday I'm going to do this. Someday I'm going to do that. And they never get off their butt to do anything. Uh, the reality is create a plan. And then I tell people, you know, you don't go from A to Z in the snap of a finger. It takes all the little steps. And that's the way it is in business. And when you're going to create something, it takes little steps. You know, you make little steps. You don't climb a mountain all of a sudden you're at the bottom. And you get to the top in the snap of a finger. It takes work. It takes a plan. It takes perseverance. And that's what a lot of people I find. They don't have the perseverance necessary to get a first little thing that goes wrong. They say, so, well, you know, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it was. You're just lazy. <laughs> it's true. You know, you just, you're just a quitter. So, if if you're going to quit on yourself, what else will you quit on?
0: Everything else, yeah. I mean that just that makes sense. So how can we uh, how can we get this book? I know it's been out a while, but you know how can we um, how can we get this book?
1: Well, you can go to my website, which is StewartSpeaks dot com, and you can order from there. It was a bestseller in Barnes and Noble's back in the day. I'll never forget the day that somebody said, "Hey, I saw your book in a bookstore." I thought, what? I had to go see for myself, and there was a whole display of it. So yeah, you can go to my website jtstewardspeaks.com. dot uh, You can call me personally, and I'll send you a copy as soon as you send me a check.
0: Oh, of course. You got you, you <laughs> forgot the, the 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 modus operandi, which is a little bit of money. We have to get <laughs> yeah, a yeah, little. So speaking of uh, money and things, uh, you certainly do, have been a plethora of things that you've done. But one of the things that uh, people like and they they listen to is the show forty one ninety two and. Pete Rose. Right. So talk a little bit about Pete Rose. Of course, over the years, everybody's like, Pete needs to be in the Hall of Fame. That is a topic that I would agree on. Um, I think, you know, how can you keep a man out of the Hall of Fame? It's a museum. And if his 4,192 hits are not part of that museum, then it's kind of silly. If, 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 if you know, that, that makes no sense.
1: Well, the, I- the ironic thing is his uniforms, his bats, his balls, all that th- all that stuff is in the Hall of Fame. Everything's in there except for him, exactly. And and I actually talked to Pete uh, this week. Uh, he he uh, is a great. What I found about Pete and people may not or may not understand. We created this show forty one ninety two an evening with Pete Rose live. It's a theatrical version. A buddy of mine, uh, Terry Luke Meyer from Barking Fish, did a film called "The Crowning of the Hit King" on Pete. So I. I was in L.A. with I used to manage a guy named Rich Franklin. He's a UFC fighter. We were in L.A. working, doing some uh, movie stuff. And Terry was having a um, premiere for his film. And we just happened to be there. So anyway, we connected. And uh, I got to meet Pete, which has uh, you know, always been a childhood hero of mine. And we just started working together. I put this show together with uh, a partner. And uh, Pete was all good. And so... But what people don't understand about Pete, they think they know him. They think there's one image of him. But here, here's Pete in a nutshell. Okay, I went through a horrific divorce. It wasn't like, you know, it cost me a million dollars, but it broke my heart. and it was, it was killer. So I was all down and in the mouth and sad and all that. My phone rings on a Saturday night, and I look at the call ID, and it's, it's Pete. So I'm thinking, what in the world is Pete calling me on a Saturday night for? So I answered the phone, and we chit-chat for a while. Hey, how are things going? I'm thinking, why is he calling me? So we just small talk, just basic, hey, how you doing stuff? And then he said, uh, well, are you doing okay? I said, well, besides my wife left two weeks ago. He said, yeah, that's what I heard. He said, man, don't worry about it. You know, women are like buses that come along every 15 minutes. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. So he gave me, his, you know, Pete Rose stage advice. But I thought about that. For the hit king to take the time to call me on a Saturday night, that meant the world to me because nobody else was calling me. Nobody else was telling me how, you know, it'll be okay. But Pete does a lot of things that people don't realize. They just think he's this rough, gruff baseball player that runs over you at home plate. And he is, but he's one of the truly, nicest guys you'll ever
0: want to meet. I think the problem with, um, and, and most people think because they see a person that they know the person, like you talked about. They, they think because they see Pete out, they know the gambling history, they know all this thing, and they think, oh, well, you know, he's just a typical person who, you know, went to the track, went gamble. I mean, there's there's so many of them out there that do that. But he played baseball. He played it hard. He he realized, you know what, I don't, I'm not the best talented guy, but I can do this. Better than anybody because I'm going to work harder at it and I'm going to continue to do it. Similar to what you talked about, potential, right? I mean, if anybody uh, outlived his potential, it's certainly Pete, right? To be able to absolutely, you know, play play twenty, you know, five plus years in the major leagues and to have 4192 hits, no one will ever. I don't think ever break that. Right? No, no, nobody
1: will ever play long enough to break that record. Exactly, but, uh, Pete. Uh, but Pete, more than a great baseball player. People miss, they miss the fact that he's a really a good person. And is is he sorry for betting on baseball? He and I have had private conversations. Absolutely he is. Look what it cost him. And baseball just keeps using him as a lightning rod. And he'll never get a fair shake. Somebody asked me the other day, you think people will get in the Hall of Fame? I said, well, when he's dead, maybe. But he's not going to get in while he's alive.
0: It's a shame because we have these arguments and I know betting was the whole Black Sox scandal and and it was, you know, on every clubhouse they talked about betting, but we've had so many things with the steroids now and now people are getting a little more lenient on should Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds and other people be in the Hall of Fame. And I agree. I think they should put them all in. And if you have to put a little asterisk or something that says, hey, they were banned from baseball or they did steroids or whatever that is, it's still a museum. Why are we making this out to be this hallowed ground? It's a museum.
1: Um, it's a, exactly right. It's just a museum. And and here's the thing with Pete is he didn't throw games, whereas the Black Sox, they threw the World Series. Right. So so I, I get that. But Pete didn't – there's no evidence that Pete ever threw a game uh, – so what's the difference? And you know, daggone on Goodwill. Look, Major League Baseball is in bed with DraftKings. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a, g- yeah. gambling
0: is all over the place now. I just yeah. think it's time. I, I think everybody, you know, looks at the fact. Oh, well, he didn't admit it, and then he finally admitted it, and then you know, doesn't seem sorry for it. At what point though is it just? It's been too long, right? What what are we what are we doing here? Why not just put him in the Hall of Fame? You can you can put a plaque. Uh, have him speak, and maybe somebody could learn from the mistakes. I think that's the problem too with with the cancel culture. Is no one wants to learn from the mistakes? They just want to automatically just say, "Well, no, he's not allowed in," and that's all there is to it. There's no, but you know, everybody deserves a chance. I mean, he he was convicted when he was a when he wasn't a player; it was a manager. So right. his playing career should have nothing to do with that either. So.
1: That's no, I, I agree with that. And the funny thing about about Pete is, he he could be so good for baseball. I mean, there was, there was a kid from I think I, if I'm remembering the story right, this just happened about six, seven, eight months ago during the pandemic. Um, this kid, high school kid, somebody knew somebody that knew somebody that knew Pete, and asked Pete if he would give this guy some hitting lessons. So. This guy came out to Vegas, and uh, this high school kid, and Pete worked with him for two days. Now you think Pete couldn't do that for the Reds? Oh, of
0: course he could. And it, it's just—I think a lot of these things are hypocritical. Um, but they are. It, you know, again, it's been—it's been way too long. Um, I mean, this—this this should. It's, you know, Giamatti, unfortunately, passed away, the whole thing. And then nobody, you know, Faye Vincent didn't want to reinstate him, nobody. At some point, can somebody just say, you know what? He's done enough time. Somebody, you know, think about this. You know, everybody who, you know, commits a crime, they they do their time and they're done. Right. They can go on with some right. what of a normal, normal life. But Pete has never been able to do that. I mean, he's been, you know, doing his own thing with gambling and, and going to Vegas and uh, having his own shows and trying to you know, write books and, and do things like that, but they took away his livelihood. At some point you just gotta say, you know, couldn't they just make this an example of, hey, Pete was banned from baseball for a long time. He bet on baseball. We all know that's not good. But now Pete's, you know, he's back. So I'm thinking that that should be a good thing if he can come back. But I don't I, I, I'm with you. I don't I don't think it's gonna happen.
1: No, I don't think it's gonna happen. Not, not in our lifetime. Certainly not in his lifetime. He's not getting any younger.
0: Well, exactly. And you know, athletes today are doing up multiple things, and they're they're trying other things. And you know, maybe Pete could be one of the guest hosts on Jeopardy, just like Aaron Rodgers. Did you see Aaron Rodgers doing uh, Jeopardy? Uh, and and now apparently he wants to he wants to be considered uh, for the host. It's like he's going to play quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, and he's going to host Jeopardy. I, I, I just don't see both of that happening.
1: You know, here, here's my phrase of the week. Stay in your lane.
0: <laughs> it's true.
1: I watched a little bit of Aaron,
0: and it is a little bit forced. Uh, I, I think he's trying, right? He's trying to come up with some quips. He's trying to come up with stuff. They, they've released, Jeopardy has released, um, where Anderson Cooper apparently is going to pick up where Aaron Rodgers left off. He's going to host from April 19th through the 30th. And then Bill Whittaker from 60 Minutes follows Cooper from May third to the fourteenth, and uh, and then Mayim Bialik, who was in uh, the show Big Bang Theory, and now she's got a show yep. Call Me Cat. She's going to do it from May thirty first to June eleventh, and I think you know Savannah Guthrie and Dr. Sanjay Gupta is on the list as well. They've had Dr. Oz and and other people. Did you have you watched any of the, the guest hosts?
1: I I have not. I've been on the road a lot and. Uh... Um, but I like that Alex for I thought he was, you know, he, he made that show watchable because I didn't know any of the answers.
0: <laughs> You're smarter than you are, Jay. Come on, JT. I, I really think that you can get the answers, but you know, Alex, yeah. of course passing in, and I think they, they're doing it right. They don't know who, you know, replacing a legend is never easy to do. So they're trying to figure out from all these guest hosts who they're going to do it. But, I don't know i mean maybe they end up with ken jennings maybe they end up with everyone. i don't i i don't know we'll see how well i think you know. letting
1: time go by yeah you're letting time go by and then hopefully the ratings don't drop but you know it's uh you, you got to learn to do what you what you're meant to do and you know maybe you have a crossover talent maybe you don't i mean i had a guy that i managed rich franklin and i went to him one day and i said hey, he's a fighter for god's sakes and i went to him and i said what do you think about doing movies and he said well i, I do movies you know i could play a small part of a bartender or something so long story short i won't bore you with the whole story but i, I went to an agent an agent found a part for him and i said okay look i'm going to send you this read this and let me know what you think i called him back the next day and he said man do you know my character is in every scene I said, oh, yeah, you're the, you're the star of the movie. He's, oh, no, 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 no way. I'm not doing this. I finally talked him into it, met him at the airport when he flew in from Vegas and was flying to Brazil. I met him at the uh, gate, had him sign the contract, and he did the movie. And uh, it was, it was uh, a start. He did five or six movies. But you got to get over your fear, you know. You, you got to get rid of your fear of what you think you can't do. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers will get over his fear and actually become a good host.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that uh, it's kind of interesting watching him trying to do something. Uh, sometimes if you get out of your comfort zone a little bit, it's a good thing, and, and certainly uh, is the case. A couple of sad stories uh, to talk about. Uh, the royal family lost Prince Philip uh, the other day, uh, 99 years old, a long, uh, healthy life. Would I um, And certainly prayers go out to the royal family. But what I find interesting is, you know, in the royal family, so now his son Edward, you know, possibly is going to be the Duke of Edinburgh now. And what I find interesting is all of these people, all these people in the royal family have to wait for somebody to die before they can get promoted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that kind of interesting? I mean, I look at I look at uh, Prince Charles and he's probably been sitting there for my goodness, my mother, uh, you ever going away? I mean, she, he wants to be king so bad. But I think the queen, he's going to never outlast her. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting how uh, But Prince Charles is trying to, he wants to be the king. You know, I, I just never understand everybody's obsession kind of with the royal family. I,
1: I, I think it's great. But people are obsessed with this, with the royal family. Um, I don't understand the royal family to begin with, because I don't understand how you can be king and with no election. <laughs> well, that's what I said. Somebody that's has to true. die. You're, you're the king.
0: And the only qualification is you have to be in that family, and then somebody has to die for you to get that, you know, it just, I don't know. I, I'm not, and speaking, of course, uh, you know, it's another sad uh, state of affairs. The rapper DMX died. Um, and, oh, you know, that. That, that was uh, that was another sad story. Plenty of uh, great songs. His birth name, Earl Simmons, only 50 years old. He had a heart attack uh, and then kind of uh, unfortunately didn't do it. But a lot of good uh, DMX songs. Songs. uh I'm not going to bore you with a lot of them, but the party up in here, you know, y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here. See, there you go. I, I'm I'm wide verse uh that I could be quoting DMX songs, but that's <laughs> that's uh, well, what it is. But rest in peace I to DMX. DMX. <laughs> well, exactly. What you know? It's funny. People will say. uh I always like the line in uh, the movie Harry Met Sally, and they're, he's talking. He's dating a younger woman, and they they're having a conversation of where were you when Kennedy was shot? And she goes, Ted Kennedy was shot. Um, the kind of the same thing with DMX. Like who's, who is DMX? You have to have that, that conversation. If you, if he you has a bicycle
1: company, doesn't he? <laughs> That's BMX. That's BMX. That's BMX.
0: So, oh, well, you're, you're, you're close on that. But uh, am, speaking I'm more of mu- going more in the music end. And since you're in Nashville, I had to bring this up. Dolly Parton has a new ice cream. Um, Apparently she, not, yeah. There's re- a
1: million jokes here. but
0: I, not, I I totally understand. But apparently there's a special flavor limit with 10,000 pints sold both online and in Jenny's brick and mortar stores uh, via Eater, which is the way. Uh, but strawberry pretzel pie cravings may have to wait according to uh, this. But Dolly Parton with a new ice cream. She's teamed with Jenis Ice Creams. Uh, it's at J-E-N-I-S Ice Creams. With an S to create their own flavor and support of imagination library, strawberry pe- pretzel pie was available. But now it's, you know, one of those things where it's hard to get, just like anything else. You can never get it when it comes out. But uh, I, didn't, I never thought Dolly would come up with an ice cream. There was Dolly Madison, well, but now yeah. there's Dolly
1: Parton. Yeah, well, you know, she's uh, she's been in the limelight for the last, uh, I don't know, year during the pandemic. Her PR team must be doing some some great things. But that's, that's one of the things I like about Nashville. You literally never know who you're going to run into. I was having breakfast with a buddy of mine the other day, and Vince Gill comes in and sits beside us. Wow. So, you know, and he goes to the same place every every morning. And, we, you know, you, never, you just never know who you're going to run into. Well, um, that, that, that's
0: true. It, it, it's the brush with celebrity that uh, J.T. Stewart has been involved in for a long time. And it's been fun doing this. I, you know, we got to do this again. And you had talked about you and I uh, had talked about the fact that you were going to try to do a podcast. And I, I hope I can help yeah. you with that. So,
1: yeah, when I get back to the Natty, uh, maybe we can hook up.
0: Absolutely. And, uh,
1: uh, you can, you can school me.
0: Yeah. Well, we can try, and we can, uh, we could talk to Pete and uh, the forty-one ninety-two. Tell him I'm on his side. I think, uh, I think it's about time he he gets in, uh, yeah. in the Hall of he, Fame. He's
1: a good guy. He's a, he's really a great guy. People misunderstanding, but he's always, always, always been kind to me.
0: Well, and that, and that's important. Uh, people, like I said, you know, to, to be able to reach out like he did. I think that's uh, pretty important. Now you can like lens burning Bush on Facebook at lens burning Bush. Uh, you can follow at lens burning Bush on Twitter, YouTube channel, Len Harvey. Listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google play Podbean, iHeartRadio, radio tune in. You can even ask JT. You can ask Alexa. To play Lens Burning Bush podcast, and uh, she will play the latest episode for you. So make sure you do that. We are now on Stitcher, 33 states, District of Columbia. We also are getting some downloads on a regular basis in the UK. We've had uh, Australia uh, has been downloading again. I don't understand why, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. Yeah, how that we, works? Yeah, I, exactly. But thanks to everybody for listening. And uh, JT. Thanks to you. Have a safe uh, travel back to Cincinnati. It's been a pleasure talking to you this morning, and uh, we'll do this again.
1: Yeah, that sounds great, man. I appreciate you having me on, brother.
0: All right. Well, thanks, J.T. Stewart. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back again with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.